0: Hey, and welcome back to this next section. We're talking today uh, in the 201 module about your organization. And a lot of this uh, module here is regarding systemizing and scaling. You know, one of the early books that I read as a business coach, and it's kind of required reading, I think, for most business coaches, was The E Myth by Michael Gerber. And it makes it very, very clear inside the e-myth that systemizing and scaling your business is paramount to the business success, especially if you don't want to be the hardest working and poorest paid uh, person in the business. It's often joked that most business owners who um, are working for themselves work 80 hours a week just to avoid working 40 hours for somebody else. And if that's true for you, then you're going to love this section here. This is about breaking free of your business, about moving past the feeling of having to do everything yourself. And I know what that's like. I've owned a business like that before. I, I probably told you in one of the earlier modules that I used to be a lady's hairdresser, and it was very much like that, especially in a trade-based business when you know you're going to do the do all the time. My my friend, my pastor Dave, he used to be an auto electrician. He tells many stories about being an auto electrician and and working all of the hours. Um, And I often joke as well, when people tell me how many hours they work, like, oh, I worked 38 hours this week. I'm like, yeah, wow. I remember my first part-time job as well. So (laughs) we know what it's like when you're working all of the hours in the business. Now, I probably work two or three days a week um, out of the seven possible days that you can work a week. And my business is very much scaled and has a lot of systems. And uh, if I went back and did the old stuff again, if I went back to hairdressing ever again, be the first thing I did systems, scale, organization, and so on. So, uh, we'll be focusing in this section on your organizational structure, your systems, your policies, and procedures. Cool. So, the most uh, common success principle in any business that multiplies and replicates and has even multiple sites is uh, a systemized business with policies and procedures. However, in the past, I will tell you that oftentimes this can be the downfall of a business, too, especially when the business owner just says, oh look, you know, I don't have the time to do all that. Um, so I just wanna tell you straight off the bat, in, in case you're kind of thinking, oh no, not this module, I don't wanna do this, um, you don't have to do all of the systems, policies and procedures yourself. Even when we when we have done them, um, when I worked helping uh, business do them, businesses do them, especially in restaurants um, over the years, we've got the staff to write quite a lot of the systems policies and procedures themselves because they're the most qualified to do it because they're the ones doing the job. So let's have a look, hey? (laughs) We're gonna turn the page now. So I want you to have a look at um, just a little equation that we've got there. It's hours worked divided by money banked multiplied by the week's worth equals your annual worth. So this is something we go right in depth in 301. I've got a whole big formula that we work it out together in 301, but basically I wanna know what your hourly rate is that's it so what are you getting paid now for the hours that you work? so you've got to add that up in 301 I give you guys like a whole it's like a chart we got to mark out every half hour of every day and what you do and how you do it and who you do it for and what it is and so when you do that for a week then you divide all of those hours into what you get paid and then I send you a box of tissues because normally you're on the floor um, realizing that you could probably go get the doll and make more money. Um, But I know it's not about that. It's not always about the money. But I want you to do this little exercise. How many hours a week do you work? You know, just have a think about it now. And and that's work includes not just time in the business when you're opening hours, but it's the time thinking about it. (laughs) Because, you know, think about my my best friend, Dale. He's a prison guard. He he earns uh, about the same as me. Uh, by the time you know we we take so I take a wage out of my business he he does shift work so he does doubles and and all that sort of stuff he makes some good money and he and his wife Tash who's my best friend um, they bring home some good money she works in a law firm he works in a, in a prison and uh, they bring home some great money but the, you know the thing I'm most envious about is that Dale does six weeks on six weeks off and Dale if you're listening to this uh, I'm jealous so. <laughs> Um, but in those six weeks off, what does he do? He, he gets to, well, well, now he's actually running another business, um, which is kind of cool, but, but he used to go fishing and scuba diving and hang out with his kids and pick the kids up and take our kids to school and, you know, sleep in and mow the lawns and do all that stuff. So like, you know, brain in neutral, which is kind of cool. And you'll know, as a business owner, you'll be, you'll be with me and saying, oh, lucky bastard. You know, but for you, I'm talking about how many hours do you actually work? And I'm talking about time thinking about the business, time spent. So then divide that, divide that by the money that you bank, not the money you make in the business, not your turnover, and not your uh, drawings either. It's your money banked. So how much money do you bank per week? So if you've got hours worked per week, how much money do you bank per week? And multiply that by the weeks that you work out of the year. Most normal people work 44 to 46 weeks out of the year. Um, some do far less, some do far more. And when you get that sum, you'll get your annual worth. And you'll find how much you're worth. Now, my question is, is it worth the pain? Is it worth the stress? Is it worth the frustration? But think about this. All of the things that you do, and again, we go right in depth in, in three hundred one, and, and you'll be able to see this a lot easier. <clears throat> By the way, there'll be an opportunity for you for three hundred one um, once you've finished this, and there'll be heaps of extra tools. But you've got to think about what you're doing in that time, and if you're going from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. So if you go from cook to bottle washer to to salesperson, front of house, back of house, and everything in between, how can you be really great? that one thing you know i remember working in a restaurant when i was a young guy and the the lady that owned it she only did one thing she stood by the front desk and her name was probably still is her name is pearl and pearl and riyadh had this restaurant and pearl would stand by the front desk when she was there and she would meet and she would greet and she would meet and she would greet and she never did it you never saw her take out a plate you never saw her carry anything never She just stood there and she took bookings and she answered the phone and she met people and she greeted people and that was what she did. Now as a young, I was young, I was like 19, I used to think, oh man, she's so slack. She doesn't deserve to have this business. You know, look at me, I'm working hard, I'm washing the dishes, I'm pouring drinks, I'm taking out plates, I'm running around, yeah because that's why she hired people like me. And my wife taught me this lesson years ago when I had a really bad attitude as an employee and I was goofing off and it was when Facebook first came out and I spent a lot of time on Facebook at work. And she put me up on it. She said, no, Grant, your business, your boss pays you to do the things that he can't do or doesn't want to do. So when you go to work tomorrow, you're going to work your ass off. And it was kind of cool. She taught me how to have a good work ethic. Yes, or you're amazing. And, and, and uh, I learned from that, which is good. So I want you to figure out as well your genius zone. What is, where, where do you absolutely thrive? What is it that you love? What feeds you from your business? What makes you feel amazing? Because you've got to be happy. Let me tell you this, and you can write this down. You can be happy and broke or miserable and rich And I tell you, every time when you get to the end of your life, you're sitting in a rocking chair, 92 years old, looking back at your life, you wish that you'd been more happy because the money won't matter. So you can be happy and rich as well. And let me tell you, the way to do that is to turn up happy every day and do what you love. Do what is in your genius zone and stop doing what you shouldn't be doing. And you can hire people for that. In this day and age, in the the year this is being recorded, it's so easy. Look, I was talking to a guy today in the United States, Jeff Hunter, great guy. I was talking to him today. You know what? He can get me a full-time secretary, basically, for my business, full-time, as much time as I need. No one goofing off behind a desk, no one painting their fingernails, someone to take my calls, be my concierge direct my emails, do everything, right? A virtual assistant, a VA. I've already got one, but this guy can get them for me for seven bucks an hour. Seven bucks an hour in my time zone, right? Now you might need a chef or you might need somebody to turn up and, and fit shoes or tighten, spanner, uh, tighten nuts with spanners or whatever it is. But you know, if you're doing all of the work and getting none of the money, that means you've got to scale back you, you've got to understand that scale works both ways sometimes you've got to scale back if you want to do all the work and you're tired and you're grumpy and you're cranky and you can't grow your business then you've got to scale back you've got to find a point to do that and this module very much teach you do this so pay someone else less than you to do it better and pay yourself the correct amount to do the stuff you love sound good Great, so to know to do that you've got to know your hourly rate. So turn over the page for me. Up the top of the page says the old way. It says here, this is you might re- you might recognize this structure here. You at the top. If this was a corporate structure, there'd be your C O O, your CFO, and your whatever else, C something, something, your managing director or your general manager. Then under that there'd be state managers and There'd be territory managers and sales managers and BDMs, and there'd be all sorts of stuff, right? Or you'd have the chief mechanic at the top, the boss. Then there's the secondary mechanics underneath, and the secretary, and then there's all the people underneath. Well, you understand that's the old way of doing business, okay? So if you ask me, it's too damn complicated. It's too top-heavy. It's too boss mentality. It's too exclusive. It's too expensive, way too dangerous. It relies on you far too heavily. And all your employees down the bottom are way too far away from your culture. But let's say for a minute, this was an effective model, let's just say. And instead of putting people in those boxes, you put tasks. And at the top, you put the most important task, the most important task, the one that makes you the most amount of money and is the most effective. Go ahead and do that now, whatever it is. And then the next task the next job, not person, but job. The next three that make the next most amount of money and are the next most important, the next most vital for your business. You put them in the next three boxes and then everything else goes in the bottom boxes, those jobs. So, So go ahead and fill that out and pause this if you need to and come back to it. And if you're just coming back to it now, what I want you to do now is have a look at who does all those jobs and how much time you spend doing those jobs. So maybe put like a, an X or a tick or a circle or an X or whatever with the job, whatever makes sense for you with the jobs that you're doing and then have a look at them and go, ask yourself this question. Do I want to be doing those? Is that really me? Is it vital? Is it the best use of my time? Should I be doing that or should that be someone else? For the amount of money that I'm paying myself, do I want to get paid more? And can I pay somebody else the small amount of money that I'm I'm expected to get to do these jobs? Because at the moment, if you're paying yourself nothing, To do it, then you're not getting the best out of you. You're a crap employee if you're paying yourself crap money and you're tired and you're doing half a job. So have a look at that and think about if your business is balanced the right way. And if it is, I'd be very surprised. Very few businesses are. But let's have a look at this new way. See, the new way of business, the way I see it, is this. You got you as the most important hub. You should be the creative hub, You're the person that came up with the idea in the first place. You should be the person that people come to. You should have somebody that you're training straight away to be you. Straight away, you should have somebody in your business that you're training to be you, to take over from you. And they're your two IC, and they sit right next to you. And you teach them your ways, and you teach them how it's done, and so on. And little bit by little bit, day by day, from day one to the next day to the next, they're starting to take over from you. And then you might call them the manager or whatever, but they're not really a manager. They're your two IC. They're your right-hand guy or girl. And they really, really, they serve you. They support you. They keep you safe. Then just down from that, you've got your number one and number two and your number three person in your business. And they know as much as you know. They know everything, because if your two IC falls over, you've got to take your number one and replace your two IC, and your number two replaces your number one, your number three replaces your number one, right? Now, out of that collection of people, you've then got your hub team, your trusted team. Now, you may have a very small business. Most of the people I'll be talking to on this um, on these cassettes, <laughs> most of the people that I'll be talking to, that's just a little joke I'm giving myself there while I'm doing some heavy content. Uh, I'm so old. I remember having cassette tapes in my car. So, <laughs> if um, you got your trusted team of advisors, now that might make that might be your business coach. It might be me. It might be your accountant. It might be um, your your two IC themselves. It might be the the person who's got the most amount of contact with your clients and you. But you've got this hub team where you discuss what is going on in your business and you talk about direction and vision and where it's going, then you feed all of that back to your number one, number two, and number three people. Now, down, down the bottom, you've got some smaller squares. Well, that's the rest of your staff, right? right? They're the people that are kind of interchangeable. So you might have job one, job two, job three, job four, and job five in those boxes, But those people won't be on your hub team. They're not in your trusted team of advisors. They're not in your number one, number two, and number three roles. And you might not have a number one, number two, and number three role, by the way. You just might have a number one and your two IC. And your number one and your two IC might be the same person if you've got like a really small business. And then you and that person might be your hub team. But all of this is supported by your systems, so your systems and it goes under the heading of how we do things around here and why we do things around here and those systems are set in place why because when mom and dad are fighting the kids don't know what to do so you got the, the staff underneath they need the team of managers and owners and decision makers to be united by a set of rules oh my gosh Isn't this kind of like how our country runs or should run at least? Yes, this is what forms the culture of your business. So way back in module one, we talked about culture. Your culture is your values in action, your why and your what in action. This is where it all starts to take place. Isn't this cool? Isn't this exciting? So I want you to have a look at how your business is structured and make some decisions on who your replacement is. And by the way, Everyone should be training somebody and everyone should be trained by somebody. And that includes you. So you should have someone helping you to grow. Person under you should be grown by you. And the person under you should be growing somebody. So all the time, there's people coming up in your business. Your business elevates people. People just aren't turning up and exchanging time for money. You know, you wanna have a great business, you want to have a great leadership business you want to have a great business that's going somewhere well the best way to do that is to empower your team and empower your staff so let's have a look turn the page for me by the way you can you can go back and spend more time on these things you don't have to just race through them with me i'm just going through this for you at a nice steady pace so you get the overview you go on and do the work you can stop off in the facebook group you can ask me some questions if you need to and then you can move forward sound good Great. So over the page, you've got some squares here. Role, task, policy, procedure, person. Let's have a look. We start with the role. So it's this. Think of the role that I asked you to think of before. So the the role is um, manager. The role is cook, chef. The role is mechanic. The role is personal trainer. Okay, so there's your role. Then give it a job description or a role description and be thorough. Let this person know exactly what they do, exactly the parameters, exactly the guidelines. There's an old um, study about school fences. I think it was New Zealand. Really quickly, they took all the fences away from this school in New Zealand from the playground. What do you think happened? Well, if you already know the story, they... All the kids in the school ground ran to the middle of the oval. They didn't know how far they could go. I put the fences back in. All the students ran all the way out to the boundary edge, all the way out to the fences. That's why I call my product Business Breakthrough. It's based on that. <laughs> You've got to know the parameters of where you're going so you can run all the way and, and perhaps even if you were naughty like I was, jump the fence. But at least... <laughs> you know where the fences are, you know where the boundaries are. Once you've got the, the position outlined and you know what it is, make a decision on who that person is responsible to and who that person is responsible for. And, and when I say person, what I mean is the person is interchangeable in that role, but it's the role itself. Who is that role accountable to and who is that role accountable for? In other words... Who is their 2IC and who are they 2IC to? Then work out the cost of the role. How much does this role cost you per week? You need to know this. You need to know what the return on investment is in this person. So you'll know to go back and tweak what's going on in that role. And if that role costs you money, you've got to make sure that that role is making you money this is how you make a business profitable otherwise you've got escalating staff costs and goes out of control far too many businesses i've worked with have made this mistake you're not going to make this mistake because you're listening to this program and you're going to kick ass it's going to be amazing now once you've figured the rollout, out it's not about the who but the what and the why you can fit your who into it based on however you hire we use disk profiling when we help our customers hire staff and we go right into that in the 301 we use a another tool called Psychogeometrics, which is easy for you to understand hard to say but easy to understand but the next thing you do is you look at the tasks this is the to-do list list all of the things from go to woe that needs to be done bullet point dot point within that role right that's your tasks here are all the tasks that this role does. They put out the open close sign, they do the bins on a Tuesday, whatever it is. The whole list, the whole shebang, everything. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Now then, if you're just starting off in business, you might need to do this yourself, but if you've been going for a while and you're retrofitting this, hand it over to the person already in the role and say, Roto, make descriptions for how it's all done. I want you to tell me how you do it and then give them a period of time to get it done in and get them to get it back to you. This way, you'll see and understand exactly what they're doing. And then you'll be able to take it and tweak it. And then you put it online and you give everyone access to it and everyone has to sign off on it. And then when you do your policy reviews and your staff reviews, which you should do a minimum of once per month, you can go and do these things based on this set of standards and set of procedures it's so easy your policy by the way is the set of standards the policy is just a very short statement that describes the rule the ruling the policy the the line in the sand of what should be done you know what if there is no policy around something Then it's anything goes and your standards will slip and your customers will suffer. Then they'll leave and it'll cost you more money to get new customers back in. This is doing you a big, big favor for the long-term growth of your business. Now, what about procedures? Procedures then, that's the meta. Procedure is, if we're gonna look at a McDonald's Big Mac, it's packaging, bun, lettuce, sauce, onion, burger, bun, lettuce, sauce, onion, pickles, bun. I think I got that right. Two all big patty special sauce, less cheese, pickles, onions on sesame seeds, bun. Basically, that's the procedure. So if you're a place that makes cakes, this is what's written in the E-Myth. If you haven't read the E-Myth, go ahead and read it. In the E-Myth, you know, Sarah is the character in the E-Myth and she's got a bakery and she makes cakes. Well, you know, how much flour, how much sugar, how much milk? I clearly have no idea how to make cakes, but how much of it... So it's basically, follow the recipe. Then we used to have this in the hairdressing salon. I used to you know, work in the salon in the uh, uh, 80s and um, 90s, and you know, I, was, I worked with one girl, and she got oh, a couple of scoops of bleach, and you know, a bit of peroxide, and mix it all up, and oh, add a dash of this and a dash of that, and you know, she'd get some good colors out of it, but damn it, she could never repeat it twice. She could, that lady would come back in to have her hair done the next week, and damn it, this girl, she just couldn't repeat it. And, you know, we met with the hair companies and we met, we changed from Schwarzkopf to L'Oreal to Weller to Goldwell to to get the right, but, but you know what? We just couldn't, we were blaming the products and we we're blaming everything. And we got a very smart L'Oreal rep in one day, it wasn't me. <laughs> and he said, um, Give me your mix ratios. And they're like, Oh, we just put a dash of this and a bit of this and a bit of that. And he said, Oh, I see a problem straight away. You have to mix it up consistently. See, Most business owners want to be artists when they make it up and continually make it up as they go because that's kind of how you started and you don't know any better. But I'm telling you, do it the boring way because you get a much more consistent result. The last part of this is the person. You find the person last. Make them fit the role. Don't change the role to fit the person so you can make sure you've got the right staff. If you feel you've maybe got the wrong staff, I'm okay with that. Many times I've gone into a business and told the business owner, point blank, you need to start again with your staff, and we do it one by one. We, get, we cut the staff down and we rehire. We rehire based on the policy, the procedure. We rehire based on the culture. We hire a cultural fit based on the rules and regulations that are in the business, not continually change the rules and regulations to fit the staff. That's a bit yucky and... You'll never quite feel like you've got ownership of your business, and this will help you to feel more released. So I trust this has been an exciting module for you to want to get on with. So I'm going to let you go get on with it. Remember your checklist at the back here. Uh, you know your hourly rate, you're surrounded with support, you can delegate easily, your processes are automated, you get the CRM and you use it and so on. There's a few boxes for you to tick there. It's about this time I'd love you to get in touch with me and let me know how you are going and what you're enjoying So why don't you contact me directly? You will have my mobile phone number. If you don't, uh, please go and find me on Facebook um, or send me an email, subscribed at grantmullen.com.au or just jump by my website, grantmullen.com.au and fill out a contact form. I'd love to hear from you and find out how you're going. But for now, I'm going to let you go and start on this. It should take you about a week, week and a half to really get your teeth stuck into it. And I'm looking forward to hearing the great results you've had from completing this module. All the very best, and I'll see you in our next module. Bye for now.